0: Welcome to the On The Whistle podcast. I'm your host, Zane Nabi, and today we're taking a deeper dive on Zimbabwean football. Joining me on the podcast, we have Marshall Gore, who has worked with the Mighty Warriors and helped them with their recruitment plans. Marshall's also the CEO of Team Zimbabwe UK. Welcome to the show, Marshall. How are you doing today? Thanks,
1: Zane. Thanks for having me on the show.
0: No worries. You're more than welcome. Now, Marshall, we're going to talk to you about your role with the national team. But before we do that, I think it's important that we start off by reflecting about the uh, World Cup qualification campaign that is still ongoing. Um, We've seen the National Football Federation under the leadership of Felton Kamambo apologize to the nation because the mighty warriors have failed uh, to qualify uh, for the World Cup playoffs. They currently lie at the bottom of Group G behind South Africa, Ghana, and Ethiopia with just one point. Certainly makes very, very difficult reading for any uh, Zimbabwe uh, Mighty Warriors fan out there. From your perspective, what's gone wrong?
1: Well, a lot of things have gone wrong on and off uh, the pitch. Uh, to start with, this campaign uh, has been uh, de- bedeviled with a lot of inconsistencies in terms of uh, coaches. Um, and this campaign was kick-started by Joy Antipas as the coach I think uh, he presided over a few games, he was sacked, and they brought in Logaristic, a Croatian who took over, uh, had a poor record as well, and eventually uh, they sacked him when the ship was almost sinking, really, and they brought in Nomen uh, Mapeza. So just that inconsistent from uh, appointment of coaches does not help the campaign. You need consistency in, in football. The coach needs to know his players, And uh, to have three coaches in such a short campaign uh, is not good in terms of um, uh, management point of view. But also, uh, we have had challenges with COVID. We cannot underestimate that. Uh, COVID did prohibit the restrictions, uh, the road zone restrictions did prohibit some of the players, uh, especially here in the diaspora, to travel to Zimbabwe for some of the international games that were played. So when we played against Ethiopia in South Africa, we miss some of our foreign best players, especially those best in England and uh, in France. Obviously, that did affect our performance and also largely to the fact that domestic football had been suspended as a result of uh, of the pandemic. So that did have a bearing of an effect. But above everything else, I think if we had been organized and planned well in advance, we could have used even um, some of those setbacks into um creating opportunities of further developing our football. For example, during the pandemic, we could have chosen to host training, training camps in countries where there were no restrictions or even take our home games to Morocco, for example, where we could have played with no restrictions and all the, the, the foreign best players would have had the opportunity to play the game. I say this because even our games we played at home, we played again in empty stadiums because there was restrictions for fans to come in. So it could have been uh, mathematically an advantage to switch the venue and play uh, in a country where there were no restrictions. Other countries did it, and it worked out well. So this is where we we actually worked. So it's been a dismal campaign, I have to say.
0: When we talk about things that need to change, one of the um, reports I read suggested in the most recent qualifi- qualifi- qualifiers, um, Ghana actually arrived in Harare before the Zimbabwe national team, after the return leg. What are some of the things that need to change? It seems like basics like travel um, and those logistics should be sewn up, but clearly the current administration uh, are struggling with that.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I think uh, the, there are structural elements that need to be looked at. Our administration of the sports, of the game itself, is very poor. And then the governance side of it, again, uh, is, is very poor accountability, lack of transparency. And again, in the day-to-day uh, running of the business of the Football Association is very poor. We travelled to Ghana via commercial flights. So therefore, there are delays when you are traveling with commercial flights. I actually think in these modern days, a national team need a charter flight to help it to uh, move around smoothly without any few restrictions. Yes, uh, Ghana, were on a charter flight. This is why immediately after the game, they left and they arrived in Arare before our national team. This is not the first time this has happened. It happened again when we played our way back to back against Algeria. When we played Algeria again, it was the same thing. Algeria arrived in Zimbabwe before we had arrived from Algeria because of travel logistics that were done in a manner that does not help uh, the team. I actually think that it's important for those that are in charge of our national team to ensure that they secure enough resources and talk to government even to be able to get the assistance of a charter flight. It has happened in the past. It can happen again. But it's about how do people plan ahead and handle this. I think everything around this campaign has been mishandled from a management point of view. And hence, this is why we have failed to qualify for Qatar 2022.
0: Now, Marshall, you have a plan to resurrect Zimbabwean football. Would you, li- would you like to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I think um, I have a clear plan of where we need to go. Uh, my plan is that we need to have a football uh, development plan, a clear football development plan or a clear football development strategy. Here in the diaspora, we have one which we have developed and uh, we have met most of our milestones and we have made progress to that effect that we set out five years ago and planned how we wanted things to pan out with regards to our scouting of diaspora players and their integration into the main national team. What I feel is lacking back at home is that there's no clear plan in terms of administering our football. There is actually what I would, I would term as wounded leadership. There's no structure, there's no good organization, there's no process. As we speak right now, I'm not even aware if in Zimbabwe we have a football development plan. A football development plan should be either a five-year plan with view of a 10-year extension of fully structured and described goals and objectives that have got timeline when they're going to be met. I feel at this particular moment in time, we don't have those things. We don't have a clear plan. If I'm to ask the Football Association, what was our objective this year? What was our list of to do this year to achieve? I don't think I'll be able to get an answer. This is why we've gone round in circles. The same problems come up every campaign. We have issues with players' bonuses, players' allowances. Every campaign, we have issues with traveling arrangements. And yet these fixtures were publicize perhaps maybe a year or so in advance. So I actually feel that we need to have a clear football development plan. The clear football development plan should identify the clear objectives that we need. What are the clear objectives? The clear objectives are development of our football infrastructure. The clear objectives are unlocking the necessary investment required into the game. The clear objective is creating a good working relationship with the government so that they can come in times of need and support the football association when they need help. A clear objective of engaging the corporate world, engaging the private sector to come into our football. And also most importantly, a clear objective of engaging the fans. The fans are the key custodians of the game. Our football stadiums, as we speak right now, do not offer quality hospitality for the fans. And the fans, in my view, are the golden goose that lays the egg. Without the fan base, there's no football. You look here in the Premier League, most Premier League clubs have have invested in engaging with their fans. In Zimbabwe, it's the opposite. The fans are disconnected. There's no accountability to the fans. And I think these things need to change. If we, don't get, if we don't change these things and review them and have clear, ultimate objectives on how to address these key issues, our football will continue to languor into uh, doldrums.
0: There are going to be Zifa elections next year. Are you suggesting that you would be um, in contention for the presidency?
1: Well, uh, you can never say no in football. I'm at a stage now where I feel uh, I have to do something to support my country. I'm at a stage now where I feel I have to play my part to support my country. And I've tried to do it sitting in a third sector organization. What I've noticed that it's very difficult to be able to be influential. You can write reports, make recommendations and make suggestions. But when you're not in the cockpit, sometimes it's very difficult. So maybe the answer is, if I cannot fly and influence the plane, Uh, as a passenger. Maybe it's high time that I should contemplate or think of jumping into the cockpit so that I can stabilize things. I'm a Zimbabwean and nothing disqualifies me from standing and supporting football in my country.
0: You've spoken about stepping into the cockpit. You'll need co-pilots. You'll need uh, lots of different captains at various places. Who would you see as your leadership team to resurrect the Mighty Warriors?
1: Well, uh, if I'm to be very clear, I, I'm a man of the people. I get on with a lot of people in Zimbabwe and here abroad in the diaspora. Uh, I have a lot of people that I work with. I've got very good work friends in the corporate world, in the banking sector, that can stand with me. I have a lot of uh, good colleagues, former players, for example, uh, developed a good working relationship with, uh, with Bruce Grobler, uh, Benjani Mwariwaru. These are former players that I'm working with. And I'm also, I, have, I also have a good working relationship with uh, our former national team captain, Peter Law, who's now uh, at Sundowns, And a lot more other people that are here. So a lot of other former players that are here in the diaspora, the Zim UK legends. We have a very good working relationship. We talk, we've uh, been able to mobilize to support development initiative back home, create a fund for former players that are struggling at the moment. We come in and support them with medical bills when there are funerals, we come in to chip in to support our former players. So I believe I have a umbilical cord. And having also played football in Zimbabwe for a Division II club, I believe I'm a key stakeholder of the former players. But most importantly, I believe that my network and strength within the corporate world and the global world, for example, is also key and very essential. I have very good uh, friends at FIFA. I've created a vast network. At Kef, you know, I've been to the World Cups and I've been to the football corporate, corporate world and created a good working relationship with people around around the globe. And I believe that that network is vital and essential to support the development of our football. And then, to be very clear. I've been able to harness my uh, resource knowledge and network at this stage to support the development of football. I'm involved in grassroots football development in Zimbabwe. We support a lot of grassroots football academies, community teams, schools with kids and resourcing them throughout. So I believe uh, I've done uh, my part to end the respect in, uh, in Zimbabwean football and most importantly, We've run um, the Diaspora project with full distinction, and hence it has been successful, and hence this is why Zimbabwe has qualified for the last three African Cup of Nations uh, tournaments consecutively in our history. This is a success that we also claim credit for.
0: Tell our audience out there about the Diaspora project and what your strategy is about strengthening the national team and bringing in players from abroad. How has that worked?
1: Well, um, it started really with uh, us having come here as immigrants with a lot of high hopes to also play football uh, at a professional level. But when we discovered that uh, it was not going to be possible and there were a lot of challenges coming in as immigrants, perhaps from a visa point of view with student visas and everything, we realized that uh, we had to change our game. And our game was that let's now focus on the new talent that is coming if we can scout it, harvest it, and then introduce it into our national teams. So we started creating a database uh, together, and then um, just going around and uh, seeing some of those players playing them, supporting them, getting more information about their Zimbabwean connection, speaking with their parents when they were young. We started uh, tracking players like Makoli Bon when he was 16 years old. We started engaging his family, his parents, and just talking to them and checking on their progress. And fortunately enough, most of these players actually turned out to become pro, and we had a good relationship with them that it was not easy. It was very easy for us now to convince and sell the Zimbabwe national team to them. So right now, as we speak, we've had huge success. We've got Tendai Darikwa, Jordan Zemura uh, quite recently, uh, Brendan Galloway, formerly of Everton and Luton Town, has joined the national team now. And Alec Mudimu is part of, parcel of the national team now. So we have done a lot of hard work and on our database, we have a total of about 150 professional players, all best here in the UK, some best in the UK and some playing abroad. So I think this project has been a success and a revelation to Zimbabwean football. And I think it can even do better. We are right now we're in the process of engaging um, the University of uh, of Derby to support us, to write uh, um, a paper and a concept paper on diaspora football development its impact to the home country. And I believe this is going to be a leaf that globally it will have an impact. And I'm determined that we need to ensure that we also tell our story well in shows like your show, you've given us this opportunity. And we are going to do a lot more writing to share how we're able to put up this fantastic and successful diaspora football development strategy. And then let me also add that the strategy also complements our government's vision. When our new president came into power in 2018, he called for re-engagement. The re-engagement agenda was forcing on re-engaging even the Zimbabwe diaspora community abroad to re-engage with their home country. And I can stand here to confirm that our football project has been a key utility tool to support and foster this re-engagement. In 2019, we traveled with a group of under-23 semi and professional football players to Zimbabwe for a tour. And we actually played um four games in Zimbabwe against clubs in Zimbabwe. And we used this opportunity also to engage the diaspora with the home country. The tour was a huge success. It was planned together with our embassy and planned together with uh uh our Zimbabwe Tourism Authority, which supports and feeds in into the vision 2030, the national vision of the country, the national vision which our president, Comrade Emerson Munangago, put through across that we must, Zimbabwe must re-engage. Zimbabwe must engage with the international community. Zimbabwe must re-engage with its people abroad. And that has been a success, sign.
0: Two more questions before uh, the interview's over, Marshall. And thank you for, for giving us all that that insight and those, the, the, those perspectives. Um, Zifa elections, still a while away, you'll come in the key question people will be asking out there is who you'd see as a potential coach for the Warriors. Do you have any candidates in mind? Um, is, there, is there anybody on the front of your list that, that you would say is, this is the person I think we should bring in to, to really turn the team's fortunes around?
1: Um, <clears throat> Zane, that's a very good question. I wouldn't want to limit uh, decision-making uh, to myself as a person. But I would like to think that uh, I can share my opinion. But I think ultimately, decision-making should be consensus, either with the board or the committee that has been entrusted to choose a coach because there has to be transparent and not an individual uh, uh, decision-making. But personally, I actually think that the job needs someone who's well-exposed, well-exposed by meaning that someone who has worked or also coached abroad. I believe in uh, um, having a Zimbabwean coach. So for me, it would be someone who is Zimbabwean, but who has had the experience of coaching abroad and also playing abroad, and who understands also our game very well. Someone who has a connection with the home country as well. So I actually think that having someone with these characteristics or credentials will help to spearhead the development of our, of our country. So my preferred candidate will be someone with those, with those qualities that I've mentioned, but I, I don't want to put any names are because I'm sure if and when the time comes, it will be a consensus decision with others that are involved in that.
0: Perfect. Final question, Marshall. We know that World Cup qualification isn't going to happen. You touched on it earlier. Zimbabwe are going to the African Cup of Nations. In a sense, there's a silver lining to this cloud. This national team will be at a major tournament next year. What do you think would be realistic goals for the Warriors in, in Cameroon?
1: I think uh, our realistic goal is to ensure that we pass through the group stages. In our last uh, four qualifications, I think if I'm right, we've never passed through the group stages. So I think it's high time that we go to the tournament, not as nervous, but we go to the tournament with a lot of uh, experience of tournament football now. So the expectations should be that at least we pass through the group stages. And I would say aim at least to get to the quarterfinals for a starter. I think that is achievable, but that is only achievable if we start preparing now, if we use our last remaining two uh, World Cup uh, qualifying games to prepare for the, uh, the AFCON. So it is now that we need perhaps to have an overall of, uh, of the team, integrate some new young players, energetic and athletic, and build a formidable national team. I believe we have the talent. We have a lot of, uh, of talent. Actually, we are limitless in terms of talent but at the moment we are unlimited. We, are li- we limit ourselves in the selection and this is the biggest problem that we have had. There's been a fear to tap into some of the new talent that we have, but it can only help to improve the country to make our national team competitive rather than restrict selection to a group of players that are well known within the circle or that play in South Africa where uh, people in Zim watch that football. I actually think that the diaspora, this is the opportunity for the diaspora to to play uh, a huge contribution in strengthening our national team in the build-up to the AFCON. But I say this by saying clearly that players from the diaspora should not get into the team because they are coming from the diaspora, but they should get into the team because of merit, fitness, and performance. And this is why I've always recommended to ZIFA that at this juncture, they can send in the national team coach and the technical department to come now and assess some of the players because the the league here is in full of football, is being played here, but domestically we have no football in Zimbabwe. So why not take advantage of uh, migration for development and strengthen and use the talent we have here, whilst also we are building the infrastructure to develop local football. I'm not saying the focus primarily should be abroad and neglect, but I'm saying we can use this opportunity to use the players that we have that are fully developed by professional clubs here but at the same time put a plan in place to develop local football so that would be uh, my idea that i think can take us i certainly believe that if we are organized from today and put in a clear plan of our objectives for Cameroon um 2022 i actually think we can be successful there's room for improvement but the work must start today the work must start now zifa must put in a program and a plan now. And here in the diaspora, we open our hands and say we are happy to support them. We'll be giving recommendations of the campaign, areas of improvement, and where we can move forward. That we will do. It's up to them to either take some of the brilliant ideas that we are putting on the table, and we will remain Warriors fans and continue to support our national team and country.
0: Marshall, thank you for your insight. And for those out there listening, do get in touch on our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube at On the Whistle Podcast or hit us up at OTW underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And maybe for all the Zimbabwean Mighty Warriors fans out there, tell us who you would like to see. Coaching the Warriors. Let us know who you think the right coach is out there to lead the team forward. Marshall, we thank you once again. We wish you well and uh, don't be afraid to join us on the pod again sometime down the line.
1: Thank you, Zane, for giving me this opportunity. Thanks for having me.